You better listen very closely, because this is Grievances Filed. Oh, it is one. Yeah, Uno. Episode six. Six. And joining us now, our recurrent caller, JJ Spinney. JJ Spinney at JJ Spinney. He is a Italian flag in there too. An Italian stallion. No one hates Kirk Cousins more than he does. And no one loves Elizabeth Warren more than he does. And he either. also hates creating stats. On his own. Stats are for losers. He never does. He he's oh my he's the polar opposite of Skip Bayless, in Cute. multiple sense sense. Yes, but, he's a large black man. But <laughs> but <laughs> welcome again to the show, uh, JoJo JJ Spinoza. Thanks for having me after that wonderful Vikings victory. And what do you think about that victory? Um, I think we're seeing the rise of an MVP candidate. If you look back in 2015, Kirk Cousins, after the, including the You Like That Game, from that game forward, right. 23 touchdowns, three interceptions, 119 quarterback rating, and four touchdowns on the ground. He started a little bit late that year, even though they made a playoff push, he wasn't a true MVP uh, candidate. I think now, if your best game, if you roll from week five to week 17 as the best quarterback in football with Patrick Mahomes hurt, Brady not really interested in putting up stats. I think Russell Wilson... He's not a stat guy. Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers are his only real competition amongst quarterbacks. We can see an MVP, Kirk Cousins, as I bet before every single year. And Trubisky. (sighs) Yeah, and and Chase Daniel. We're making a case for him, too. Um, No, Trubisky. I'm a Chase Daniel type of guy, man. Trubisky, Trubisky is a good player. But the the one fault, okay, you make a a very, very sound argument with Kirk Cousins. The one fault I do see is that this... Let's... Playoff games in the Super Bowl, if they were at 1 o'clock, would Kirk Cousins win them? Absolutely. So the stats you list, you listed from the you like that game, were those all 1 o'clock stats? No, they were not. Really? Towards the end of the year, he went off. He had like four touchdowns against Philly. He had a big game. He's had big games against um, the Raiders. I'm surprised you put this the Raiders, time dude. Washington Redskins football. I've watched every Kirk Cousins game of his career. Since Michigan State. Ah. Where did he go to high school? Holland Christian High School in Michigan. Where did he go to middle school? Not He's not a real Kirk Cousins fan. No, he's not a real Kirk Cousins fan. You didn't fan. know that he went to Tallahassee, Tallahassee, that I'm fucking nobody. <laughs> Who are Kirk's parents? Captain Kirk, of course. Idiot. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure of that. Well, you make a very strong case for uh, Kirk Cousins to be MVP, except they very much disagree with you because he cannot win any type of big game unless it's played at 1 p.m. The Eagles are now sub 500, so are you even counting that as a big game? And now the Lions, what's their record now? Well, 2, 3, and 1. Right, oh, so they're right. sub 500. I can't be I, I agree with J.J. Spinney here. That wow. Kirk Cousins is the MVP. The only problem is Kirk Cousins' name isn't Dalvin Cook. Right. So Running backs are, can never be the most valuable player in the league. The, the game starts and ends with the quarterback position. OJ. It is. OJ. OJ. Really oh. packed a punch. OJ. Oh, yeah. Uh, the quarterback <laughs> position is the most important position 
In right. I completely agree with you that the quarterback is the most important position, which is why whenever exactly. I criticize Kirk Cousins, the first thing that he says is, oh, he has no help. Oh, right, because Adam Thielen and, and Stephon Diggs and Dalvin Cook don't count as help. Oh, well, let's just say, who got hurt on the first scoring drive of the game? Uh, that would be Adam Thielen. And you would think, with absolutely no wide receiver depth uh, after Stephon Diggs, he's completing passes to fullback C.J. Ham, to Ola B.C. Johnson, Irv Smith. Kyle Rudolph has his finally breaks out somewhat in the passing game, catches a touchdown. Kirk Cousins is spraying the ball all over the field, throwing balls on ropes like the league has never seen. Frozen, Honestly. frozen ropes? Well, didn't he overthrow that one to Thielen that he got hurt on? Because no, technically it could have been more in the breadbasket. Thielen had that to stretch out. To Adam Thielen, a proud member of the Genesis Halftime Blow fantasy team. Probably mm. run by me. <laughs> and uh, Thielen wears those uh, Travis Kelsey yellow gloves, right? Yeah, he's a Did he wear the yellow gloves? Well, white. that's why he probably got injured. He's wearing white. Uh, but Kirk Cousins showing absolute resilience, going score for score as, as Marvin Jones scores four touchdowns on Xavier Rhodes in that pathetic defense. I'm telling you, sleep all you want. Mm. We're going to see Kirk Cousins absolutely light up the Redskins. and then so it, it is a primetime game. Are you not concerned in the slightest? No. Really? What no. Even though the Redskins put up a fight against San Francisco and then they won against Miami? <laughs> Win against Miami, excuse me? Is that, is that, like, supposed to be some sort of uh, accomplishment? I mean, they, they accomplish things just how Kirk accomplished things at 1 p.m. on Sundays. This is a primetime game. Kirk knows that everyone's going to be talking about it. I'm ask. afraid to place money on this Vikings-Redskins game, even though it should be a lock for the Vikings. Well, they're minus Kirk Cousins might choke. They, they might say, okay, Kirk, you're throwing, like, eight total passes this oh. game. One of those type of games for Kirk. And then they lose somehow because the Redskins are playing out of their mind. They are. Let me just say, the problem, the only problem with the Minnesota Vikings to start this year is Mike Zimmer and thinking that the year is 1936 and that's when he's playing football. Is the problem with Mike Zimmer how his face is always red? It's always red. He is an archaic mind. The, when Stefan Diggs and Archaic Adam Thielen... Archaic mind from 1936. Archaic, in, in the to... sense of how Sean McDermott refuses to let Josh Allen make... Like, he wants to pound, pound, pound and play An defense. Archaic yes. mind named Zimmer from 1936. So, if you look, huh. when... What does that remind me of? <laughs> when Thielen and Diggs called, were making their statements, everyone thought it was directed at Kirk Cousins. It Which was it not was. directed at Kirk Cousins. Well, then why did he apologize? He apologized for nothing then, right? Because Kirk Cousins is a stand-up Christian man. And a Holland Christian High alumnus. They were calling out. Is Adam that... Thielen said you can't run the ball for 175 yards every game. That's not a shot at the quarterback. That's a shot at the coach. He only had 10 pass attempts. And then what did he say? We, we have to do what? We have to be able to hit those deep balls. And, what, and who is the best deep ball passer in the league? Wait, wait, wait. wait. No, 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 no. Your attempts. argument was that you said... He Mom, wasn't directing the comments to Kirk Cousins. They when you say you field. can't hit, when we have to be able to hit the deep ball, that insinuates that you were trying to hit the deep ball and Kirk Cousins wasn't hitting they, him. No, and they, he wasn't. In that, in that game, the game that caused those comments, Kirk wasn't doing that. He wasn't hitting them. Okay, so one game in which they weren't taking many shots relatively to what they've been doing the past three weeks. They, he misses, okay, he misses a few throws. But overall, they're just pounding, pounding, pounding. They have a top five quarterback in the NFL. Oh, boy. They have a top. Oh, boy. They have two of the top, let's say, I'm not a big Diggs guy, so I'll go two of the top 15 receivers in the league. Big Diggs guy. 
Diggs is a top five or something. Uh, I, I do not like Stefan Diggs. I do not like Steph. Where do you place Thielen? Oh, Thielen's top five. Love Adam Thielen. You like Thielen better than a Diggs? A million times better. Diggs, okay. if you watch him game in and game out, he reminds you so much of Brandon Cooks. And I think as watching Brandon Cooks that one year, we could see he put up numbers, he had skills, but it just he didn't click as much as the numbers would suggest and as talented as he was. Um, I think what the Vikings need to do and what they have been doing is turn the offensive duties in terms of play calling Kevin Stefanski, and make Gary Kubiak the head coach. Gary Kubiak, wow. quarterback's coach of the 94, coach Cubes. <laughs> 94-49ers with Steve Young in one of the greatest quarterback seasons of all time. He, Wait, was, was Mooch on that team? Mooch? Steve, Steve Mariucci, Mar- yeah. I don't know. Was he the O-coordinator? Uh, Kubiak was the quarterback's coach. I'm not sure if he was the O-coordinator. Well, Mariucci was, oh, he was phenomenal when, whenever he had... I think he drafted uh, Giovanni Carmazzi. Right? As, as would I. Right. And now he is a yoga exercising farmer that has five goats. But he's Italian, so I take it. <laughs> yes. As you were saying, Gary Kubiak, he's new coach. He's worked with Steve Young. Right. He's worked with John Elway. He's worked with Peyton Manning. They're, they are all so similar to Kirk Cousins. Exactly. <laughs> when you have a generational talent at the quarterback position, oh my you God. need to maximize him. And what do... In Kirk Cousins? Or uh, Case Keenum, what are we talking about? What does... Case Keenum also got him to the uh, NFC title game, too. I forgot about that. <sighs> yeah, and... And, 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 wait, wait, and John, John Elway replaced Case Keenum with Joe Flacco. So, according yeah. to the transit property, Joe mm. Flacco is better than Kirk Cousins. So, Case Keenum got the Vikings to the to the championship game, right? The NFC title game. Right? Yes. Yeah, NFC championship game. Has Kirk on that? Riddle me the um, no. So you're going to... Uh, <laughs> also, you need to look at the context of the team as a whole, and I don't think that... But that the quarterback's t- the most that, important position that on the 2017, field, like you say. That 2017 Vikings defense wasn't giving up four touchdowns to Marvin Jones. Xavier Rhodes is not even an average cornerback at this point. He is terrible. The, the defense is good, but not great. I think it's middle of the pack. But if uh, a top-five quarterback, like you say, should be able to overcome all that. Uh, Drew Brees is a top 5 to 10 quarterback of all time, and he went through stretches where he was 7-9, 8-8. You're seeing Kirk. You're seeing the best of Kirk. They're going to go 11-5, and 12-4, and four, and we'll go from there. And then what? And then they play on a Saturday at 8-15 p.m. You petition the league to move it to Sunday at 1. Great. And then they play uh, on the cha- in the championship game at... Can, wait, can Kirk win a 3 p.m. game? That uh, null hypothesis has yet to be tested. Right. But if he gets fucked over and gets the 6 p.m. game all over, right? he won't Well, win s- 6 is still not too late. But is that because he's a good, like you said, Kirk is a nice Christian man, right? Is he, like, already wanting to go to sleep at that time or something like that? Well, I think like, he gets up and he does his prayer, so he's always up really early. Okay, yes. So then he's already so tired that he's like, okay, it's a night game. I just want to. I, I can't throw it today. I mean, you just is that the issue there? Well, I think that he's just has God so much on his mind that sometimes right. he doesn't make the right read, and I and I think he puts a lot of faith when he throws off his back leg, mm-hmm. and sometimes it Jesus doesn't take the wheel. <laughs> so the Vikings' current record is five and two. Five and two, and they ha- they go into this primetime game Thursday night. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna wave the white flag here, and I'll say, okay, they can beat the Redskins. So great, so that counts as a primetime win. Then half a win. 
when is Patrick Mahomes coming back? Because you know what you have to face on November 3rd. I don't think Patrick Mahomes will be back by then. Because they were saying that he's, like, questionable for this week. They or said something. three to five weeks. And now they're, now Andy Reid says it, he, it's doubtful that he's going to be playing this week. And would, if he's out like three to five weeks, why would you even say he's doubtful for this week? You would just immediately rule him out. So is that is he making quicker progress? Who knows? They, they have a definite loss coming up November 10th when it looks like Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth have that game, right? I'm not, Against I'm not willing to rule that out. In Dallas. It'll it's, be tough. No, dude, it's a primetime game. That's that's typical Kirk It'll right be there. tough. Listen, it'll be a tough game. I would not put my money on it. So but the way Kirk Cousins is... Dallas beat the Eagles by 27 points. Right. And the Redskins, or the Vikings, what are the fuck team we're talking about? The Vikings, they beat Yes, the Kirk the Eagles, Cousins team. The, yes, they beat the Eagles by 18. So according to the transit of property, the Cowboys should win by nine. <laughs> All right, lock it in. Are you picking it and sticking it? Cowboys win yeah, by Cowboys nine. by nine. Cowboys by nine. In how many weeks? What day is it? Two it's days? November 10th. Three weeks. Three weeks. Mark, you Three weeks! Picking it sick it. Picking it sick it. <laughs> you got then, some futures? Then. You like oil, kid? <laughs> they have. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> the Denver Broncos, right? You don't right? think they're going to kill them at home at 1 o'clock? It, it seems like a very Kirk Cousins ish game. Who are they playing? Oh, oh but then they're, then but they're Joe the Flacco's week. better than Kirk Cousins, according to the Chargers. Well, Joe, Joe Flacco well. is elite. We have discussed. He is elite. Joe Flacco has won a Super Bowl. He has. And Kirk is not. Then, all right, you have to admit the next week they're absolutely fucked going into Seattle. Oh, they're not going to win that game. Yeah, I think they lose definitely against the Cowboys, mm-hmm. definitely against the Seahawks. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then Lions, mm-hmm. redemption game for Detroit. Mm-hmm. Hold up. Of their remaining games, of which there are nine, they have, uh, excuse me. They have five primetime ga- five eight o'clock games. They lose four of those. They don't lose four of those. They 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 win the Redskins. They lose the Cowboys. They lose the Seahawks. They're not losing to the Chargers. They lose the Chargers. Skull. Um, and then they lose the Packers. Do you want to make a bet on that? Well, yes. Oh, they're playing the Packers right. at home. Because I think Old Man Rivers, December fifteenth comes around. Uh, we know that the Chargers fans will be in full throat right there. What what Chargers fans? So, but this is one of those games. He got embarrassed last time on on primetime. Phil Rivers did. So he's going to come back. He's going to put up, like, one of those 400-yard games and be like, oh, I'm not done yet. And then the Chargers finish, like, 6-10. and 10, And then Phillip Rivers gets another year. But this they is the game. They have two more primetime games in between that. They have I know Thursday that. night football against the Raiders, and then they have a Monday night football game against the, the Chiefs. So you can't tell me that he's going to have a chip on his shoulder from a game against Pittsburgh that was, at that, at that point, would be eight weeks ago. At that point in the season when they're playing the Chargers, Mrs. Phillip Rivers will promise... Philip Rivers, a tenth kid, if they actually win the game. Oh yeah, so that he's going to need that. The Vikings are screwed to 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 get the depth on the bench. So in one, two, three, four, seven weeks, pick it and stick the Chargers over the Vikings. Oh, Chargers, hundred percent. I'm locking it in. Oh, they're oh, they're not. And we made a bet um, that Kirk would lose four out of the next five primetime games. The only one he will win will be this week against the Redskins. So past this Thursday night. Uh, we will see Kirk Cousins I bet fail if, to win. So, what, if you what, had a playoff game assembled the, by Philip Rivers' kids on offense and Antonio Cromartie's kids on defense, and they played the, the Vikings with Kirk Cousins, <laughs> I think I think the kids would win. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I will. What do you want to bet? What are we? What are we talking? You're telling me. Are you we know? talking cases of Mountain Dew? 
What's, what's your beverage of choice? My watch. We are doing, like, <laughs> Skip and Shannon do on, on, I will bet you five cases of Diet Dew. I don't drink, I don't drink soda. I don't care. Five cases of Diet Moxie Dew. Moxie Cola. <laughs> I, my, my wager is five cases of Diet Dew. You're getting it if Kirk wins two of those games. Yeah, one. What do I get if no. they don't? We're not counting the Redskins. Oh, not game. counting the Redskins. Yeah, then one of those next four. Oh, easy. Yeah, okay, five cases of potato. <laughs> I will gladly take your diet Mountain Dew. All right. Sprite and Popeyes for me. So that's Kirk Cousins. Moving on to what we saw on a fateful Monday night in New Jersey. <laughs> against the New Jersey Jets. Against the New Jersey Jets, the Patriots. Initial this, thoughts. Represented the state of New Jersey accurately. All right, Matt, Matt, what do you think? Um, that was beautiful. It was, I, I turned to my uh, cohort, Jeffrey Berlowitz, uh, Shalom, um, from home. Um, and I turned to him and I'm like, if this, this game was a painting, it would be a freaking Picasso painting. You know why? Why? It was fucking beautiful. Oh, yeah. Are I, you guys having fun this year? Because I'm not. I, <laughs> I, this year sucks. I am a proud proponent of schadenfreude and seeing the misery of other people. And I enjoy Taking enjoyment in it. I enjoy this year better than last year. Did you see the picture of Fireman Ed? So far. Did uh, you see the picture of Fireman Ed? It was uh, wonderful. You could almost taste his crying? tears. Yeah. Oh. It was wonderful. Oh, my god. What about Belichick at the end? With the, oh, when he was smiling? <laughs> you with know the when Belichick is... And the yeah, I wrote that down. He, so he intentionally, for those who missed it or fell asleep because it, you know, it was such a great game, the Patriots were punting from like the 30... Uh, they're two, 32. The 32-yard line because we don't trust Nugent or we just didn't want to run up a score. Who knows? But we were punting with Jake Bailey from the 32. Obviously, that's an impossible punt for the punter. You ruin their stats, first of all, because like the best punt you could have is 31 yards from there. So we're like, okay, let's get a, a penalty right here. So we decided to take delay of game. And Gay says... Decline. Decline. And then... <laughs> Brandon Bolden. Cha-Cha's back. He literally cha-Cha's back. We're just joking Two around at this point. Because we're trying to get a false start. Jumps back. We're trying to get the five-yard penalty. And Gay says... Decline. We'll decline. And then the camera pans over to Belichick. And he has a smirk on his face. And Oh, my God. If we tried to get another penalty, they were saying that it might have been a 15-yarder. First down. I don't Madden like if you're playing against someone. If you get three penalties in a row, it's a forfeit. At least that's what my friend who plays Madden every day says. I don't think it would be a forfeit of the game if we had another delay of game penalty. That would be wild. Imagine <laughs> that point differential and then forfeiting the game because you won five extra yards on a punt. That's just Belichick mind games. He's playing chess. Everyone else is playing connect four. Rondo guy. Uh, yeah. Are you guys okay with, because I was yelling at the TV, Keeping right. Brady in a game like that. He's yes. 42 years old. I'm okay. You're having Edelman return punts. Oh, my God. So, they, I had this. I, I wrote this down. Edelman, we were up 26 after the safety for the first time all year, I think, because I haven't missed a snap. Edelman returns a punt. Right? Because Olszewski returns them. And then Belichick's like, you know what? We're up 26 to nothing. Jules, go back there. How does that work? Honestly, I would not blame one of the Jets if they're just like, I'm going to take out this guy's knees. Like, <laughs> well, thankfully, he ran out of bounds. So, but I, I don't understand that move. I'm okay with leaving Brady in, especially if it's if it's one and a half second passes or you hand the ball off or it's screens. By the way, speaking of screen passes, Michelle dropped a play-action screen on third down, and they're saying that there are blockers in front to be able to get the touchdown. 
Do we care? Yes. Honestly. I do. Who? Because I have Brady in I fantasy. I thought stats were for losers. Huh? Well, in Brady's fantasy, not a stats guy. But I am because I have Brady on my fantasy team. Oh, but you don't care about Brady's stats. You care See, about Yeah, I was pissed. Well, in terms of Brady. Then you should have taken Kirk Cousins. You probably took Brady ahead of Kirk well, Cousins. Well, if you had Kirk Cousins on your fantasy team and you were like. I don't play fantasy because stats are for losers. But you. All right, then what do you have on your Excel? What's the open file on your Excel? This You're is, literally creating stats saying that stats are for losers. This is. But. Uh, this is quantitative proof that Kirk Cousins is a top five quarterback in the NFL. All right, well, statistics. We, we can't get into Kirk Cousins again because yeah, that was just hurt my mind. I was just pissed that they didn't score more because I just wanted to see him run it up on the Jets. Mm-hmm. Just to say, screw you. Was yeah. it 24 at the that end of, uh, of the first? Was it 24 nothing at the end of the Which was I thought it was low. only 17 and then shortly into the oh, second Oh, yeah, quarter, it was like, yeah, like three minutes in. But what's our point differential for the year? And they said it's the best since 1920. Since the Buffalo Washington Jets, yeah, I remember looking yes. at it today. We were number one by a mile, and then it goes to San Francisco. And you know who's number three? Buffalo. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> um, Patriots are, are one seventy five. Plus one seventy five, and the next closest is um, the Forty Niners at ninety two, and the Vikings are there at Gronk's favorite number sixty nine. Valiant effort, nice. valiant effort, but insane how the Patriots were playing on defense. I want to get into, so I always, I always, I always always say the Monday night mic is the stupidest thing ever. They never show anything good, but they finally showed something good. Sam Darnold literally said, I am seeing ghosts. That was the best. What do we think of that? We haven't played a real team. (laughs) We have not (laughs) played. But they played the Dallas Cowboys the week before. Like Matt said, the Rivers Cromartie team. We can't of just discount every team we play and yes, say they suck. Can. The they... Buffalo Bills are a good team. The the I, okay, I'll give you that. The Jets aren't that. Aren't the Jets have flashes of being good, and everyone thinks that they're good because Sam Darnold is deemed very good. Okay, but we made him look very bad. And if you talk about not keeping Brady in that long, why do you have Sam Darnold in that long? Because Sam Darnold need, needs reps. But how are those productive reps? How is throwing lobs off your back foot and being picked off and having the boogeyman make you see ghosts pro- productive He's a young guy and it's a learning it's experience. A I, put it, I, I would if, pull him. But even if, let's just say worst case scenario, other than like a ruptured spleen, but just any normal football that could be, That's injury. a very, very valid reason to pull but him But any also. normal football injury, even if he, it's really bad, Sam Darnold, in all likelihood, is going to be back and playing football again. A torn ACL. I don't, do you think Brady comes back? Do you think Brady's going to go through a year and a half of rehab? I know you do. He's sick in the head, man. <laughs> of course he would. At 44. He he, do you think he'd, he'd never play again because he has an ACL injury? At 44, yes. You don't think that would, like, top it all off? Like, him dreaming at night being like, dude, Are we talking I came about back. Roberto Aguayo yet? At four, not yet. <laughs> I come back at 44 and I just dominate. Like that, no, I don't think, well, first of all, he wears a knee brace ever since that 2008 game, right? But let's knock on wood here that he doesn't hurt anything. Um, A couple more things from that Patriots game. What's with Booger's forehead wrinkle? Does that not bother anyone else? His name's Booger. What, (laughs) does that bother you more than his forehead wrinkle? Is Booger his actual name? I, I'm making it his official name. Let's look it up. 
Anthony. Anthony. Okay, how do you go get from Booger to Anthony? Well, I guess that's just... He was a nose tackle, I guess. Tony Booger picking McFarlane. Uh, according to Wikipedia, McFarlane received the name Booger as a child, saying, because he, right, I was a bad kid, getting into a lot of wild stuff. I used to get called a uh, lot of Dean things, gold. but that was just the one that stuck. <laughs> I found a nugget. Oh, man. <sighs> well, I don't like his forehead. That's something. I also hate Booger's takes. I don't know if you remember. When Sam Darnold threw the interception to Stephon Gilmore, do you remember that? Uh, I don't listen to the broadcast, though. Okay, I did. So, Booger McFarland circled the middle of the field and said, you can't, like, Sam Darnold throwing off his back foot, he has to throw the ball to the middle of the field if you want a completion, and then they did the replay, and he threw to the middle of the field, and he got picked off. So, Booger McFarland is stupid. Wait, did you say throw your, the ball to the middle of the field, field off, your back. off your back foot? Okay, as a Kirk Cousins disciple, I've been traumatized by many... Throws to the middle of the field, off your back foot. And then Cousins fundamentalist. And then Kurt, um, Booger also references the 12th man so many times a game when he refers to the back of the end zone or the sidelines. Like, we get it. We get that boundaries exist in football. Thank you, Booger McFarland. Is he worse than Jason Witten? Oh. Hey, guess who's the number, number eight, number eight? Quarterback of all time? No, he's the best player to wear number eight in the league right now. Wow. Kirk, Mariota. But soon, Marcus Mariota can be created in it. Uh, 100%. So, Booker McFarland or Jason Witten, who are you taking? I Honestly, I have not listened to them, because whenever I watch Monday Night Football, I kind of just turn it off and, like... You know who's actually good is Greg Olson. Greg Olson is... I like how Greg Olson on his bye week is like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to commentate the game. But, Jay, okay, I, there's two sides to this. Booker McFarland, he says stupid shit... But he's less boring of a voice to listen to than Jason Wynn. That's my take. Next thing, Julian Edelman, I've said this for weeks, if it's third and ten in the fourth quarter and he's about to get walloped, he's going to hang on to that damn ball. But if it's some random time in a regular season game in the second quarter, he will drop some wide open pass. And on cue, he did it again. We have a rap sheet bomb. What's that? Patriots are signing stellar special teamer Justin Bethel, recently released by the Ravens. Yes! Wow, that's huge news. And we'll let that sink in with the listeners. And we're moving on. (laughs) Have you been penetrated with this news yet? Stellar. That's insane. We already have so many good special teams aces, but great for the New England Patriots. Matt, why does Julian Edelman drop random passes? And we talked about this a little bit last night. Because his um, his plug, Patrick Chung, got caught, and so he's not as focused during the game. Um, either that or the chest injury. But what I'm referring to is he likes cocaine, and so do, so do many people. Is that why Chung was out last night? That might be. That might be. Chest injury, is that because Edelman likes to kind of catch it against his body? And now his chest is hurt. He's got the gator arms. Well, yeah. Brady, Brady's been throwing him the ball with really good velocity, and I think ha- like having it come to the ribs. Or he could just learn to catch with his hands, right? Because you're supposed to catch with your hands. But instead he decides to turn them both under and then pin it against his body. It'll come back to bite him. It will. But if it, those ca- types of catches are good if someone's about to knock the living daylights out of you over the middle. Because it'll immediately get into your cradle and it won't pop out. But, you know, that was that was pretty much wide open for Julian that he dropped it. 
And it was good to see another Hockley in there last night. Hockley's son, good ref in the state of uh, the NFL with the referees. Good to see Hockley out there. So you mentioned New England made a trade for a special teams ace. New England also made a trade for another wide receiver that could throw in Madden. I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Is there tension in the Patriots locker room now because they have two guys that are wide receivers that can throw? Who's the better thrower? Sanu does have a perfect passer rating. Sanu does have a perfect. And for those wondering, Patriots this morning acquired through trade Mohamed Sanu for a second round pick. Now, what are what are what's everyone's thoughts on that trade? Uh, um, Matt, it's cool. <laughs> now, when when in the AAC title game against the uh, the Oakland Raiders, when they break out that triple pass play and Gruden who's in the studio with us right now, actually sees it happen, I think it, it's going to be quite a sight. When it's an eight-yard gain on uh, second and 12, and they, and they get back close to the line of scrimmage, it's going to be uh, it's really going to catch them off guard. Gruden, what do you think? Tell you what, man. All I'm happy about last week, man, we got Mike Glennon in the game. Man, I'll tell you what. Derek Carr, what a dumb son of a bitch, man. Fumbles the ball through the end zone for a touchback. Can you not be more stupid? He did that two years ago, man. I'll tell you what. That was when I was still part of the FFCA. And he fumbled the ball through the end zone. Touchback. Stupid-ass rule, but not as stupid as Derek Carr. That's why I put in Mike Lennon, man. Skipped right over Nate Peterman. Doesn't deserve the shot. Uh, I'll tell you what, man, though. We'll be there against the Patriots in New England. Snowball 2.0. Kick their ass, man. Tell you what, with Nate Peterman leading the charge. Yikes. Thank you, coach. Uh, yeah, but Mohamed Sanu, second-round pick. The Patriots don't really make any good – well, yeah. Jamie Collins was a second-rounder. Yeah, but we're better with third- and fourth-rounders. Oh, yeah, Jordan Richard, second-rounder. Oh, uh, Tavon Wilson. Oh, man. We, we, so you you like the trade Sanu uh, for second? Uh, I think it's a little bit much. Um, what, what if you? I don't have the chart out, but what's worth more, a third and a fourth, but getting a fifth in return for Emmanuel Sanders, or get just a second out for Sanu? I gotta gotta get to the big board on that. It sounds like oh. Belichick was being a little bit lazy in his conversion. It was just uh, like fuck it, I'll give you a second. Well, let's let me do my math here. You guys keep talking. I, I also, think- who knows that. I guess Garoppolo and Sanu are worth the same, right? In yeah. Belichick's eyes, yeah, because it'll, it'll, it'll second round. I mean, well, it was top top of the second though for Garoppolo, bottom of the second for Sanu. That's a that's a thirty pick swing. Sure, okay. Um, Sanu, how has he looked this year? In your opinion, the Falcons suck. Yes, <laughs> um, he has like what three hundred yards. I think he fits the Patriots model perfectly. Where Rutgers do you see guy. him being? You know, oh, Patriots love Rutgers guys. Deron Harmon. Uh, the McCordys. Logan Ryan. Logan Ryan. <laughs> what, was the, what were the picks involved? Three, four, and five? No, they got a... So, um, for Sanders, uh, San Francisco sent out a three and a four and got back a five. Okay, so according to my math, you do three times four is 12. Right. And multiply that by five. And then you divide 60. by... No. And then you do four plus... Five is nine, and then you add that to the sixty-nine. Oh, it's sixty-nine! Wow. Two steps. And so the sixty-ninth two... pick of the NFL draft 
falls in. Well, that's according to the mapping board. That falls in the third round. The third round, which well, makes perfect sense. Well, that's the value of the pick. I, <laughs> I can't do anything with the number two. Um, so the Patriots did need help with the wide receiving core. They also needed help on the offensive line. We decided to get wide receivers. We also needed help at tight end. Uh, ben Watson let one flop right off his face on the first target back yesterday. Did you see that? Uh, yeah. The ball literally hit off his face mask. Well, that also happened to Stefan Diggs as the ball went through his hands, then off his helmet, and then into a defender's hands, which is Kirk's only interception the past three weeks. And that, so, that also happened to uh, who is the returner, the punt returner? Matt would know this. Matt knows his stats. In 2014, in the AFC Championship game, when um, Ryan Allen punted the ball and it hit off uh, the Colts' returner's face mask. Josh Cribbs. I was at that game. There we go. Josh Cribbs. I got a big face mask, guys. Punter assist on that one. Punter assist. So, yeah, they do need help in for wide receiver. Sanu seems like a good guy. We'll see how he fits in. I don't know. Is he the short route intermediate but he also he plays mainly in the slot okay um, so it's, it's going back to our two slot sets like but how he's we... also 6'2 215 two salute sets two salute sets so i think he fits the perfect prototype of the you know lafell hogan a bigger guy who's not a stretch the field guy but can sometimes play outside the numbers mm-hmm. get you um a catch when you need it but interesting stat um if why is this showing all right here we go his yards per reception this year only 9.5, which is a career low. So he's not a big play maker at all. Mm. But, okay, we'll see how he does. It's exciting times. You mentioned Brandon LaFell, which gets me thinking. Let's pick what we think our favorite third wide receiver for Brady has been. In his career. Third wide receiver, third target, whatever. Start with Matt. Who do you think? Pass. <laughs> um, no, I, I, what I meant to say was Tom Brady passes the ball and he throws it. Ah, yeah, there's so many choices here. You just can't think of them all. I was going to say Antonio Brown, but he, he doesn't count. No, he's not. Aaron Hernandez, but he's dead. Um... Who else? Uh, Dante Stallworth, but he killed a guy. Um, There's so many choices. Um, Troy Brown. All right. Or Austin Colley. Oh, that was a good one. I'm on the 2013 Patriots football reference right now. All right, so you're going with the combination of Troy Brown and Austin Colley. If they had a kid, it would look like Patrick Mahomes. Right. I'll go next, and I'll save the I'll save the best for last. I'll okay. save Joe for last, but... Joe Flacco? Yep. I, I'm going with Philip Dorsett, okay? Mm. Time and again, Philip Dorsett has come up clutch. Mm. I remember dating back to the 2017 season's AFC Championship game. I was there against Jacksonville Jaguars. Philip Dorsett makes a couple money catches on the flea flicker. The flea flicker. With the flea flicker, we went to Dorset. Yeah. That was gigantic. Fourth quarter guy, Philip Dorset. First down. Oh yeah. Um, in the AFC, Philip Dorset just comes to play in championship games, doesn't he? Last year in the AFC championship game against Kansas City, who makes an unreal catch 
Very similar to last night's catch. Very similar. I, I was just about to say, right in the fucking bread basket, curls up, catches it, stands up. I remember against the Chiefs, spikes it. Huge. I love Philip Dorsett. And then he's had a pretty spectacular season thus far. And then he made an awesome catch last night um, in the right of the end zone, back of the end zone. I, I'm a big fan of Philip Dorsett. He seems to never drop a ball, knock on wood. But I, I, I really like Dorsett. He's reliable. He's not always going to get the targets. Sure, he'll have a game where he gets like zero catches for zero targets. But that's just Philip Dorsett, and that's the life of a third wide receiver in Brady's house. Uh, I'm just shocked at that answer from you, considering you are the biggest Danny Amendola guy. Oh, I am, but Danny Amendola is... And you want to talk it's about like championship very sacred. games. How can you talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars AFC Championship game without mentioning Danny Amendola? Oh, well, Danny Amendola, in that case, was our number what wide receiver? If you really want to talk about a knockout game, I talk about Brandon Cooks. He was, number, he was our number two wide receiver. But overall, he was a number three. It depends where you place Hogan. Well, are we talking just receivers? Because my pick, as we discussed in the pre-show uh, meeting was Aaron Hernandez, especially 2011. <laughs> well, everyone knows how my love and affection for Danny Amendola. First of all, that that's a really good point by Joe. If it was a second-slash-clutchest wide receiver ever, I'd go with Danny Amendola. If it was just, like, for flaunt of a third wide receiver, because I, I think of Danny so highly, I would never think of him as a third wide receiver. I'd always look at him as a two, in my eyes, even though the facts may not support me. Are we talking a weapon or a wide receiver? Are we talking strictly wide receivers? You, they, we really don't have rules on this show. You well, can say I'm going with Aaron Hernandez, 2011. Um, he utilized those weapons? Not 2012? He was not the same in 2012. Oh. What about the 2012 AFC Championship game? He came to ball. Did we win? Nope. But he still came to ball. All right, I'll let you get, tell me, Aaron Hernandez. Uh, ultimate weapon uh, on and off the field. Uh Running game, passing game, he was really the hybrid receiver, and who knows how many more Super Bowls the Patriots might have if he wasn't a murderer. How many more would they have? I think they win in 2015. Imagine. Not 13? 2013. Uh, I, d- I don't th- see them getting past the Legion of Boom. That team was just too good. You think that team was significantly different from the Legion of Boom we faced in 2014? But the 2013 Patriots did not have Darrell Rivas. Or Gronk. Or Brandon Browner. Or Gronk. It's true. We had Tlaib, who got his hip injured every single big moment. And then, Man, yeah, Walker had him on that um, pick play. That was, that. I said that was dirty. That was, it's football. All right, he literally ran straight into his fragile hip. So. Oh, well, did you see his helmet that game? Remember the Space Cadet helmet, Welker? Oh, are you talking about, oh, yeah, Welker, when he joined the Broncos, he literally had gigantic padded helmet. He's like oh. a child. Oh, he really does. Like, what is that? Oh, my God. Google. <laughs> That's not a real picture. No, it is. Oh, my God. Google. Jesus Christ. Google Wes Welker. What did you Google exactly? Just Wes Welker helmet. And- Wes Welker helmet. It literally looks like he's wearing a bigger astronaut helmet to help for his concussions. That's insane. Who do you think's had more concussions in their career, Welker or Gronk? I think the safe answer to say is Welker. But the way that each of them acts, Welker still acts very intelligent. Gronkowski acts like he's literally gotten more concussions. Or like he's 12. But Gronkowski entered the league at 12 and kind of left at age 9, so... 
That's true. And Welker entered the league at... He was pretty late. At age 23, 4. Out of a and And he aged to, like, age 90 when he left the league. So, you know, Still tale of two tapes. to the Hooters model. <laughs> that is true. Uh, Wes Welker, big fan of the show, by the way. And um, that's Patriots and Vikings talk for you. Uh, any last words for Joe? Um, don't sleep on Kirk Cousins. I, I, I know. I'm... The more he rolls, you're gonna hear my you're gonna hear my takes and my rants as he builds his MVP case, and I think the MVP will be settled on two primetime games. Wow! Seattle and uh, Packers. Kirk wins those games. He's winning the MVP of the National Football League. Wow! Well, we do have five cases of due on that. We will see. I don't think he went after the Redskins game. I think he goes zero for four in primetime games. That's just my take. We would love to thank Joe for coming on the show. Thank you very much for your hot takes. God bless you and God bless America. Round of applause. (laughs) That was a really good point that you just made with what we were talking about, Matt. Speaking of boat anchors, we have Anchor FM, don't we? Yes, and we'd like to take a moment to thank Anchor.fm. And now back to the regular scheduled program. We're coming at you again Sex. from a recording studio. However, we don't have the mics in front Undisclosed of us. location. But we, we are in our nuclear fallout shelter right now, if you'd like to know. It's uh, longitude uh, 82.37, latitude uh, uh, 69.69. And no 69 jokes for us. We just did the center of gravity method. We're big into operations management here. Right by Topeka, Kansas. Right by Topeka, Kansas is where we are recording that. We have soundproof in the studio, but no microphones. And so nuclear proof. <laughs> we are safe from... We are death proof. Any kind of apocalypse about to hit us. And we're just so happy to, that you're listening to us. But let's start with the week that was... And that was week seven. So, starting off in Kansas, in Denver, actually. Actually, already recapped that game. Kansas City won easily. Mahomes is injured. And so on and so forth. But, My next game. Buffalo struggled a little bit against Miami. Ah, the 31-21. And he see he trucked in for a touchdown. So, it was great. Oh, was- yeah. Just watching them run around, have a good time out there. It's always it's like watching your like kid at a t ball game, watching Ryan Fitzpatrick play well. It's like, oh, good job! Like you know, next game he's just gonna good job, Ryan. You know, he's just gonna ground out to the pitcher's helper, and then that's the end of the game. <laughs> All right, next does, game. Wait, does does Fitzpatrick even have redemption games anymore since he's been on so many teams? Every game's a redemption game. Literally, every game is a redemption game for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And so much for starting Josh Rosen the rest of the season. He's, He's going to be freaking boating. Only reason the Buffalo Bills won by 10 points was because Micah Hyde took an onside kick to the house. So that's what it was like in Buffalo. That's our Buffalo talk for the day. Yeah. Let's go to Cincinnati where it was an even worse game. 27-17. to Jacksonville pulls it off. Good for uh, Gardner Minshew. We'll have our Minshew uh, picks... Uh, men of the week later coming on. Coming at you hot and heavy. Oh, coming at you hot and heavy. But the Jaguars won by 10. I don't really have any thoughts for this game. It's just the Cincinnati Bengals are atrocious, and the Jaguars are a little bit better. They had a, a great fourth quarter, and that's what Gardner Minshew does. He has phenomenal fourth quarters. Minshew led a fourth-quarter touchdown drive that, that put Jacksonville ahead. 
to stay. To stay. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, So I don't have any reactions really for that game. Shall we move on? Next. We talked about this a lot with an interview that either is before or after what we're talking about However right now. However you made shoes, you could scrub through it. Because I really don't know what order Which I'm you putting might. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I, you know what, you could do whatever the hell you want with it. We it's your interview. Listener. With Joe Spinoza, our resident Vikings expert. President Elizabeth Warren, advocate. <laughs> yeah. Vikings won 42-30. Any concern with what Detroit's doing right now? Next. No, no concern with Detroit. <laughs> Raiders, Packers. Uh, tell you what, man. I put in Mike Lennon because Derek Carr sucks so much. Fumbled the ball out of bounds, man. What do you think of that rule? What do you think of the fumble out of bounds rule? Bro, and for a touchback. If he, if he threw Peterman in, he had just thrown a pick and it would have been it. That is true. But Rich Eisen makes a very good point. If you fumbled the ball and it went out at the half-inch yard line, the Raiders recover at the half-inch yard line. But because it went an extra half a foot more and went through the end zone, it now inch. becomes the Packers ball at the 20. Why does that make any sense? I agree with an extra with... half a foot retarded. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. I agree with Rich Eisen. He does look like he kind of has Down syndrome too. Yeah. Day. He's got a little bit of that going on. Their so car is in trouble. He's, uh, he's in the doghouse with John Gruden. I agree. That rule has to go. They should. I like Rich Eisen's rule. Reverse touchback. Give the Raiders back the ball. But at the twenty yard line, you can't penalize them that much. That it changes penal. possession. Yeah, yeah, we're not big. We're not penal guys here. Okay, we're very fair. We're very, very fair. Yeah. Next, we have the Rams visiting the, Rams. the Falcons. The Rams. The Rams with new Ramsey. Yes, the Rams. The Rams. So the Rams went in to Atlanta. Freaking their- Aaron picked up Devontae Freeman and threw him on the ground. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> First down! So it looks like the Rams are like fake good good again because that's that's what the Rams do. They just like put up points and they're like, oh, the Rams are good. The Rams. The Rams are good. <laughs> they're not really good. They beat the Falcons. That's a very uninteresting game. Next. Next. Wolfpack game. Oh, Wolfpack. The Wolfpack, for those of you who don't know, and you really should know this, the Wolfpack, the strength of the Wolf is the Pack. He's in and the, the strength line. of the Pack is the Wolf. wolf. Tom Brady Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett when they're all on the team in 2016. And for any ladies out there, if you haven't been familiar with uh, boy uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> you should familiarize yourself. And if you're into a DILF, go look for Daddy Brady. If you're in for the uh, the MILF banger, you look for Jimmy Garoppolo. And if you're looking for and that. And for the BILF, you just go for uh, Big Jacoby. I don't want you to break down what BILF means, so we'll just move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Indianapolis wins 30 to 23. So Indianapolis has control in the South. Do you think it stays that way? The South will rise again. With the Colts or the Texans? Who 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 takes home that division? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next. Next we have Oh god, the, the the rain game, the mud and rain game. San Francisco visited Washington in one of the most boring games of all time, nine to zero. The most exciting part of that game was Nick Bosa the sliding across game, the field in the rain. The most exciting part was I hit the under. <laughs> uh, so you made some money there. Next, we have the Arizona Cardinals visiting 
the New Jersey Giants, yeah. winning 27-21. to 21. Yeah. It was a battle of Daniel Jones versus Kyler Murray, yeah. in which both, like, didn't really look good at all. Yeah. Kyler threw for, like, 107 yards, but still won. Kyler. Eh. Eh, wasn't a big fan of that game. Daniel Jones had the ball with two minutes to go. Could have drove down the field Cardinals and made a cover. New Jersey moment for the for the Giants, but he couldn't. Cardinals didn't cover. Cardinals didn't cover. Nah. Or did they? They didn't? No. They didn't. Uh, we're hammering that they didn't. No. Next game, the Chargers and Old Man Rivers visited the Tennessee Titans. I've written extensively about this game. You can go on to our grievances pile. To, you know what? Tell uh, me about uh, that. Dad. Let's go, go dive into it. You want me to read it? <laughs> tell me about this game. I, what do you, it what do you was think? a game of many emotions. So tell me. Mainly, um, mainly pure rage and apathy. Mm. The, the two mixed together. Uh, apathy coming from the fact that it's the the Tennessee Titans and the the uh, San Diego Chargers. Um, still San Diego. Yeah, no, it's still San Diego, mm. and that's all I have to say about that. You, I guess, yeah, I I already don't give a shit what I'm saying right now when I start talking about that. Hatred and anger and rage comes from the fact that I got under at thirty six and a half points when it was I think ten ten, and you're looking at the game and you're like, I don't think anybody's going to score because it's the Fucking Chargers and the Titans. And then yeah, they 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 go to the over. And then I got the Chargers at plus three. I got the Chargers at plus three. And and then I ended up betting later on Chargers to win outright. And I think if you didn't watch the game, you can guess the Chargers didn't win outright. We, let, let's the end of the what game. What the hell happened there? It, it came down. The Chargers literally got down to the goal line. They're down three. And they're like, fuck it, we want to score. It made me so angry that I insulted Philip Rivers' wife. So, so I think they handed the ball off to Melvin Gordon several times down at the goal line. He couldn't get in. He literally got He's down to the half-inch yard line. The clock kept running. They ended up running it. They ended up losing so because they didn't want to she kick. She has to be so loose. Nine kids. Oh, my God. What that does to the human body. What that does to a female vagina. I mean, oh good for Philip Rivers. I mean, that that's more on him than it is on her. I'm sure. Ooh. Ooh. A lot of rigor. So next, we're 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 sad for Matt. We're Man. sad for Philip Rivers. Fucking. We're sad for Matt. Melvin Gordon, who I had on my fantasy team, and he couldn't punch the ball in. Next game was really a blowout. It was New Orleans visiting Chicago, and oh, this is the other part of my yard. Uh, Jump um, in, dive in. I had uh, I had the Saints at minus twelve and a half when it was at thirty six to ten. No, it was it wasn't even that. It was, it was a little closer at that point. So I got to 36 to 10. I had the, the Saints at minus 12 and a half. The Bears and Mitch Trubisky, the best quarterback in the NFC North, um, drives down, scores a touchdown, makes it 36 to 18. So the spread now on the game, as I, I had it at minus 12 and a half, was 18 points if you're um, incompetent at doing math. Um, yeah, and then uh, and then they did an onside kick as you normally do, and Michael Thomas, like the fucking eight year old short literally shortstop that he is, went down when the ball wasn't even over ten yards and uh, booted the ball back toward the Bears, and they wow. scored a uh, meaningless touchdown. All while the fact I couldn't enjoy the fact that they trolled uh, Tariq Cohen for being a midget. They made fun of his height. I know. So the score well, we really, are shortest. So we we do um, we, yeah only six we five do in, condone this here, honestly. We do condone this activity. Oh yeah, that's completely short. Okay. People can burn in hell. Oh, we have tall man syndrome here. 
Oh, yeah, Bear Dogs, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the score really doesn't reflect how much of a shit show it was for the Bears. Mitchell Trubisky, I don't, I don't really think is good. I think watching that Cordell Patterson return touchdown was better than any sexual experience I've ever had. <laughs> oh, hands down. And I've had three, so... <laughs> Thank you, Dad, for two of them. (laughs) And Mom for the other. And Sister for... Nah. Not that crazy. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) It was about Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson is the best part of the Chicago Bears. Score reflects nothing about how the game actually went. Bears got blown out. Mitchell Trubisky isn't even good, uh, is my Mm -hmm. cold take. Matt thinks otherwise. Mitchell Trubisky, just look at his peach fuzz. Mm. He has so much room to grow. He really does. So much room to develop. If he can grow that beard in. Once he hits the age of 14, he might actually let his balls drop. (laughs) Next game. Next Oh, this was my. This might have been one of the better games. Of Another the game that I got fucked over. Oh. I had over under forty eight and a half because you know, like I thought, like, hey, they'd score points. They didn't score forty eight and a half. And points. Seattle decided not to score points. Baltimore held up their end of the bargain by scoring thirty. Nah. It was a close game, but then Baltimore just ended up kind of running away with it. Lamar Jackson yeah. embraced his inner running back and ran, I think, this is back-to-back weeks where he's ran for 100 yards and a score. Mm. Lamar Jackson. Another bill. <laughs> seems seems very good. Very good. Very above average. Russell Wilson, MVP candidate, might have slipped a little bit with the, the performance that he had at home against Baltimore. So that's a kind of a wake-up call for them. Next, Philadelphia at Dallas. This, did this break any balls for you? Yeah. I needed Jason Witten to get four catches and 34 yards. He got four catches and 33 yards. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's brutal. Yeah. Philadelphia, Dallas, 10. 37. Dallas, Dallas, looks, Dallas looks good when they look really good, and they look really bad when they play bad. Speaking of really I mean, bad. Mm. Mm. That's just some really bad podcasting right there. That's what I was trying to make. <laughs> See? All right. Anyway, next. So speaking of really bad, uh, the New Jersey Jets hosted the – New England Patriots. We got into this game a lot with Joe Spinoza, but just Obviously a little too much. Just a little overview here. Julian Edelman dropped a sporadic catch in when it doesn't really matter. But the Patriots scored points. They're, the boogeyman made Sam Darnold see ghosts, and he even said that on the Monday night Mike. Kyle Van Noy thought it was hilarious that he said he's like he was surprised that Sam Darnold said it. He's like, he's like, did he really say that in the Kyle Van Noy voice that he has? I, I can't. He has a certain voice to him, but it was funny. Did you really see that, man? <laughs> yeah. Did you really see that, man? <laughs> Kyle Van Noy, we love him. He's been on the show quite a bit now. Smoke show of a wave, too. New England embarrassed the Jets. 33 to nothing. And we, we could have scored many more points, but we decided to literally punt it at the 30-yard line several times. And, I mean, the most exciting part of that game was when there is back-to-back 
five-yard penalties first, a delay of game, then a false start in which Adam Gase elected to decline both penalties so that Jake Bailey would have to kick the ball from the 32 instead of moving back to the 37, which would have made the punt easier for him. And then Belichick, we caught a smirk from him, so we did see life in the eyes of Bill Belichick. Oh, it's like the fucking Emperor in Star Wars, like, laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Do it. (laughs) That was week seven. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, it was a hell of a week. Let the hate flow. It really busted Matt's balls over there. And And busted a nut for the first time in four months. (laughs) And in the week that was... Goddamn Elvin Gordon. I saw a couple of standouts. Fucking Jason Whitman. The Bills uniforms. I like them. See, if you're colorblind, though... Then you wouldn't see them. You couldn't see them. So, you wouldn't... I wouldn't be disappointed. John Cena out there coaching? But would you even be disappointed if you couldn't see the Bills play the Dolphins? I wouldn't be disappointed if I couldn't see that game. (laughs) The Bills looked good in those Reds. They didn't play very well in those Reds. Josh Allen scored a touchdown, and he almost threw the ball out of the stadium for a celebration. So that was cool. I think Derek Carr makes Aaron Rodgers look like Patrick Mahomes. Hot take, cold take. And I don't know, Jim, but I I just think, you know what, as he develops... (laughs) You know what? He might go from the short bus to the regular bus. <laughs> next take. Next take. Uh, my next take is Derek Carr is an idiot for fumbling the ball through the end zone for a touchback. We talked about this in the Spinoza interview. It's a stupid rule, but it's also stupid that Carr would fumble. Now this is twice in two years. You can't fumble the ball out of bounds in the end zone. You need to coach that. Although the rule is stupid because you're mere inches away from keeping the ball if it went out of the bounds at the half-yard line, I think the rule should change. What's your next take? Uh, my soccer coach just told me that we have a game in 45 minutes, and I'm still on my slacks. Perfect. My next take is Mike Lanon got in the game. Is this the end for Derek Carr? This goes back to your Derek Carr makes Aaron Rodgers look like Patrick Mahomes. This could be the beginning of the end for Derek Carr. Agree or disagree? Beginning of the end for Carr. It's just only the beginning. It's just the beginning for Carr? Tariq Cohen is an angry elf. <laughs> Tariq Cohen is an angry elf. Uh, Daniel Jones isn't that good. Penis gobblers were made for quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins. <laughs> the Vikings aren't that good. I, that's something that we can all get behind. Here's a hot take, though. Deshaun Watson is the best quarterback in the AFC South. If you count that touchdown that never happened on Sunday, as well as the playoff one day he didn't win last year. Think of that. Uh, my next take, order of operations for the Wolfpack goes Brady 1, Brissett 2, Garoppolo 3. Yeah. Um, I also thought that, um, obviously, just going off what happened last night, last night being that uh, beautiful Monday night game. What? What? Huh? What? Going off the Monday night game? Yeah. Um, Sorry, I couldn't hear you there for a second. Uh, I'm just, I'm convinced at this point. Um, Josh McCown, he's just waiting for Sam Darnold to to develop that consistent setback game. Mm-hmm. Before he can let his daughter date an angsty teen. 
He's still scared of ghosts. What is he, 12? The boogeyman. I thought he, he Does he check under his bed every night for boogeyman? I got to split the difference. He's 14. But he's still... Obviously, he doesn't have that 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 ability to, um, you know, say no from a, a mistress. <laughs> and that's why he got mono. That is... Not, he's, he's still not young probably. enough to where he gets spooked by... Um, uh, spirits. Sam Darnold is only 16 years old. That's a, that's the fact of the day. It's funny. 14. 14. Oh my god! I should have done my research before the show. I'm sorry. Cultured swine. That's uh, on my. That's my fault. Matt obviously did the research beforehand. I didn't. I'm gonna get into my instrument of the week before we close out this show, oh or start off the show, depending on what order we go in. Okay. My Minshew man of the week, and then my gunner guy of the week. Minshew man of the week is. Um, I'm going to start with Ben Watson for letting a ball hit off his face mask in the game last night. That was a very Minshew man of the week type of thing. Fucked him right in the pussy. (laughs) Ben Watson was so rusty, he didn't know how to get his hands up for a pass. Brady could only laugh. My gunner guy of the week is tied between Mike Glennon getting in the game. Mike Glennon, excuse my French. And... Ed Hockley's son being a ref. Sean Hockley. Sean Hockley. Those are my gunner guys of the week. And I really don't think you can dispute that. See, I, I high heat right here, high cheese. Uh, my Minshew man of the week is Antonio Cromartie. I'll tell you why. Because mm. he's got those baby-making hips. Mm. 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 He's got that swag. Mm-hmm. He's got that drip. Mm-hmm. Um, and my gunner guy of the week. My gunner guy of the week. He has to be Drew Stanton. Mm. Mm-hmm. Just Drew Stanton, man. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if you're not familiar with him, just look him up. First oh, I, I, I could get into that. First highlights, just it's him, him waving him his arm, just letting it loose, baby. Drew Stanton's best moment is is him waving his arm. Like a third, da- like a third base coach waving the runner around third. Who was he waving his arm for again? Who was running down the sideline? That doesn't matter. Probably like David Johnson or something like that. Larry Fitzgerald, maybe. Like, I have no idea. Living like Larry. Those are the only two Cardinals that actually might have done something. But that was our Minshew man of the week. That was our Gunner guy of the week. Those were our hot takes, cool takes, best takes, hot cheese, high cheese. And our week seven recap. So we uh, hope you enjoy the show. This was episode six. The Feliz Navidad. Of season one. Adios. And we hope you enjoyed. Manana. Good night.